Welcome to Complete Edition, the podcast between a PlayStation Trophy Hunter and an Xbox Achievement Hunter. This is episode 36. I'm your host, Compulsive Nerd, and I'm joined by AJ. How you doing, AJ? I'm doing well. 36. Uh, 36. I was about to say the same thing. Nice. Dude, we've done 36 episodes. I cannot believe that. What? Dude. That's, How long that's have a- we been going in terms of time? Um, We started last June, so we ha- are over a year. Nice. And and it's uh it's pretty awesome. So we started out and you and I kind of were doing weekly and that was a lot, dude. Do you remember that? That was yeah. it's it felt like it it was too compressed and I kind of like the bi-weekly a lot better. It, let, it allows us to game a little bit more before we go into the next episode. Yeah. And for then sure. I was a lot that, less busy back then as well, so or as me I'm too. much busier now. Me too. And I think that this bi-weekly rotation it it just is we've been in that longer than we were in the weekly rotation at this point. So that's really, really cool. And uh, yeah, we're trucking. I mean, 36 episodes. (laughs) It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. But we, uh, how you been, dude? Oh, I'm doing well. Uh, Things are going okay. I think I started uh, helping out in the undergraduate labs. So the first year in organic labs, for chemistry, um, I, work as a demonstrator so i basically help uh answer questions and like make sure everything's going okay in terms of safety and mark the experiments and stuff like that and it's cool i get paid for it and uh so i do that on fridays and it's been it's been nice it was like stressful at first because you have like 18 students and they all have like no idea what they're doing so you're like and for me it was it's been a while since i've been in a synthesis lab so it was kind of, the experiment was quite simple and I'd done a lot of the experiments before. In fact, all of them before when I was an undergraduate. So it went fine. But at first you sort of like, oh God, like, how am I going to help? How am I going to answer all these questions? But it's, uh, it's been really good. I've been really enjoying it, but it's been like extra work on top of everything I'm also doing. So, you know, but it, but it's been good. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, dude, I, I love labs like I'm in microbiology right now and I just man it's fun to do labs like just go in there and like we're growing bacteria right now and I'm pretty sure later today we've had we took raw ground beef and we left it out for uh, nine hours at least the professor did and then we were we took cultures off of it and then we separated the cultures and now we're we're gonna like go count the bacteria that's grown over that time of the past two weeks and so that's probably what I'll be doing today. And it's just like, that stuff is super fun. Like, I don't know. You get to see the different colors of bacteria and like we, we take the cultures and we look at them under the microscope and it's just, it's really cool. But yeah, I appreciate being able to like teach people and help people. And it's also nice in terms of seeing how far I've come as well. So yeah, it's been, it's been good. Hell yeah. And, uh, one very important thing is that gaming, dude. I've been gaming so fucking much. Oh my god, it's it's just this time of year. It just gets so hectic and it feels so great to be gaming and I'm playing it was cool cuz like you'll hear about it when I talk about it later, but I've been playing on b- both platforms like almost equally over these the past like 2 to 3 weeks. So I'm super excited to talk about this stuff. I I played a lot of smaller things, I played some bigger things and I think that you and I, for the first time in a long time, have shared things that we've we're gonna that we've played. So, 
that's also exciting. <laughs> and uh, I think I want to hear what you've been playing first. Because if you go first, I think that we'll be able to match things that we've been playing. So I've been playing a bunch of stuff. And uh, as you say, we've been playing a bunch of uh, similar things, which is really cool. I think I played a little more Rogue Legacy, although I didn't make any more forward progress with it. So I don't have much to add. I want to go back to it, but tons of games just sort of came out all at once. Um, after I got like back into Payday 2, I think we talked about it before, but I kept going with that. There's 115 achievements in that game. I'm at 75 right now. I've got 1,700 game score. If I get the completion, it will be my rarest completion, I think, with like the biggest TA score and the hardest ratio to get. So I'm hoping I can complete that at some point. But I've been at a stage where you can like prestige your character essentially like reset from rank 100 to rank one and if you do it legitimately it takes a very very long time because you have to prestige 25 times for an achievement and i think my first prestige probably took me like 50 60 hours or something i've played the game for 170 hours so if you imagine 50 hours 50 times 25 that's a lot of hours thankfully there's a way to optimize it there used to be a way where you'd like do specific heists on specific difficulties and that would allow you to like maximize XP gain at like particular levels. And I think you could get it done in about 50 minutes to an hour and a half, but that's assuming a perfect run. So like a perfect set of heists to get it done with no mistakes. But I found there's a way it's kind of a glitch where you can essentially do this thing called a crime spree where you get like more and more XP and more and more money for each heist you do successfully in a row. Normally you get a choice of three random heists, but what you can do is if you sign out when you're on like the button to start the heist, then when you sign back in, it lets you select any heist and you can select like a really, really easy heist that you can complete in like one minute or like 35 seconds where you just like run, put some C4 on a safe, pick out uh, a tiara. It's called the Ukrainian job and then run back to the escape van and you can do it before the police arrive. So there's like no threats to you at all really. And you can just do that over and over and over again. So you essentially are like boosting the XP gain and that takes about 45 minutes each. So I've been doing that a couple of times and I think I'm on like infamy level eight or level nine. I think it's level eight. So eight of 25, but even with like that, like pure optimized, like no fail route, that's still like 45 minutes per attempt, which essentially it's like 25 hours of grinding and that's like the fastest way to do it. So it's a ridiculous completion. Pretty sure the achievement for getting to level 25 in Infamy is like 10 game score as well. So it's like it's like basically like the lowest bronze trophy you can get essentially. But I don't know if it's got a better trophy rating than that. Actually, it might do, which would be good because 10 game score really is not a lot for the amount of time you have to commit to it, even if you do sort of the easy way. Um, also, the leveling in this game is kind of annoying. Like I wanted to do it legit, but... When you reset your level, you lose all of your skill points and skill points are so useful just for playing the game. Like they make movement more fun. They make 
combat more fun, they make stealth more fun. So having to like totally reset yourself and do like basic like basic essentially boring heists over and over, like the most simplistic heists, uh, it sucks because it's nice, like on your first playthrough, it's really nice to like do the easy heists and like get your bearings with like not many abilities or not many things to manage. But then as you go through towards level 100, you like build up the complexity slowly. So to then reset and like go back to like basic heists, it sucks because you want to keep building on that complexity and building on those skills as you go up. You don't want to completely go back to like zero, essentially. So I feel like the prestige system they've got doesn't really work very well. I know on PC they patched it so that you could get up these infamy levels without like resetting your character, which would be a, a much better way of doing it, I think. And it feels like the developers knew that even back when this system was originally implemented, because when you go infamous and prestige, you essentially get a 5% permanent, either 5%, 10% or 7.5% additional XP. So you rank up faster each time you do it. But it's like if the game, like, first of all, a bonus for XP gain when you've completely reset your XP is a bit weird in terms of it it feels odd that they'd reset you for for that like what if you just stay at level 100 then you don't need to worry about xp at all but secondly it's like they knew that players would not want to deal with staying at these those low ranks for a really long time uh the other issue i find is that it's again it's quite good for a first playthrough but the way uh xp requirements increase is exponential so basically, like the XP you need to get from level 80 to level 100 is more XP than it takes to get from level 0 to level 80. So like oh each God. level, it gets like way, way harder to level up. And that just makes it quite boring because you rank up really quickly at first. But then towards the end, it takes ages to just get like one additional skill point that isn't even going to change your build necessarily. So I kind of hate that system in Payday 2, but... I've been having a lot of fun with the game generally in terms of like the grinding, the infamy levels. I've just had like a podcast on in the background or just being like watching something while playing because you don't really have to pay attention. Yeah. I had that. I had that same experience with Tony Hawk pro skater one and two, like remake that dude, the, for some reason, like you can play the whole game, get every trophy and achievement, up to a certain point and then you have to reach level 100 and but if you've done all of the other stuff you're only like level 60 by that point and the experience as you like complete each level like 61 62 63 it keeps getting higher and higher and taking longer and longer to get to the next level and it's like so ridiculously long of a grind that i did the same thing where i like i put on a podcast and i actually wanted to just i was really craving these audiobooks at the time and i was like i don't want to just sit here and do nothing while I listen to audiobooks, but I do want to listen to the audiobooks. So I was like, you know what? I'll grind out those levels. And it's just like, dude, I hate whenever that happens. Like, why can't you just at a certain point make all the levels the same instead of continuing to increase? Because it to have, you know, this the experience above 80, but all of those before, like cumulatively be the same amount as the next level for 80 is just nuts to me. That's just nuts. Yeah, it's it's not good. I mean, I think COD does this as well, but it does it sort of quite gently in terms of the amount of XP that you need, which is nice. The problem with 
the way Payday does it is that you need like so much more. Like it's not just like a tiny increment more. It's like millions and millions of XP. It's basically like it's something like it takes like 18 million XP to get to like level 95, but then to get to or like even like level 99 or something. But then to get the final level, you have to get like an additional like 4 million XP on top of it, which is like so many previous levels basically all combined, which and it's not like you're doing anything different to get that XP necessarily. Like XP does scale with difficulty, so I think that's why they implemented it. Like the idea is that when you get to a higher level, you do heists on higher difficulties and that gets you more XP and it's meant to scale with like difficulty essentially like the it's meant to push you towards like oh well i need lots and lots of xp now so i'm going to do these next heists on like death wish difficulty which is one of the hardest difficulties so that kind of makes sense but yeah i think i'm going to go for every achievement in this game the other annoying thing i mentioned before that a lot of the achievements are glitched and require you to like go offline go back online to fix them which sucks the game stopped getting support for console as well so they never got patched which really sucks um but i do appreciate the amount of like free updates and the amount of content that was added to the game as well like it's tons of hours tons of heists and it's a lot of fun it's quite nice as well because i was playing with a fr- friend of the show herb uh, i was playing with him and he hadn't played payday 2 before and what's cool is i have all of the dlc and he doesn't but it lets you play together like DLC heists together, even if one person doesn't have them. Or, I mean, you could invite, I could invite three people and none of them could have the DLC and it still lets you play it, which is really cool in terms of the just being like consumer friendly and just, yeah, just less of a headache than it would be otherwise. That's so nice. The only, um, I think I'll be okay to get all the achievements. I'm not worried about the difficulty related stuff. Um, There's this really grindy one. But then there's also one that requires, like, it requires four-player co-op. You can't do it solo. You have to do it with four people. Well, three other people. And you also need to, like, get a decent amount through the skill tree to do it. It's basically there's a John Wick heist where you have to put uh, two ammo bags each in, like, this, like, weapons room, essentially. Um, It's like in, I think it's in the Continental, in, in the John Wick films where there's, like, loads of the weapons and it's an achievement that's like a reference to that essentially where you have to put like ammo bags in there to like stack up like this this secret room with lots of lots of guns and ammo um but to get two ammo bags you need to level up a decent way into a skill tree so that's going to be tough because payday 2 it's still active online especially on pc it's not that active on console and it's not that active in terms of achievement hunters because of how difficult and how glitched the achievements are because people just sort of this workaround I think was discovered only a few years ago. So I think what happened for most people is they'd like do a really hard achievement. The achievement wouldn't unlock. They'd look it up and they'd see forum posts that are like, yeah, all of these achievements are bugged. And then most people, even achievement hunters were like, okay, so fuck this game. I'm just not going to play it. Right. Like, and then they moved on. So I don't think there's many people still playing it in like the Xbox achievements community. So it'll be quite difficult to find three other people, I think. So, but I'll probably save that achievement for last, I think, because if I have it as like my last achievement, I'm sure I can convince people, convince friends, uh, 
reach out on TA, that kind of thing, and convince people to help me get it because it'd be, it'd be nice as like a, a way to send the game off, I think, to play it with uh, three other people, other friends, hopefully. So, yeah, it's a really fun game. I really like it. I know Payday 3 is coming at some point and I'm very excited for it. It's, um, I love that you can, there's some heists where you have like options for stealth, options for going loud. And some of them are so like intricate and involved and you have like this whole like pre-planning phase where you can buy different assets and it can help you. Like we were doing like a diamond heist and you can get like glass cutters and an extra place to like drop off bags as well without having to take all of your loot all the way back to the entrance. And the best heists have like, you like try to do them quiet and stealthy, but if it goes wrong and you go loud, a lot of the objectives change and the whole heist changes. So like you could do a heist two times, you could do it once loud and once stealth and it'd be totally different. And a a lot of them as well, which I find really cool is like, if you stealth the first 75% of it and then get caught, it's like a lot easier to do it loud than if you just went in guns blazing from the start. So for example, like there's like an art heist where you have to get these paintings and put them into a van and the painting paintings are on display in the gallery. And if you get like seven paintings and you get them off the displays and then you get caught, it's still quite quick to escape because you can just throw the paintings into the van. But if you get caught before you've taken the paintings off the display, these like steel bars come up and like lock up the displays. And then you have to like saw into a security room and then hack like an override while defending the place from cops and cops also will like C4 into the art gallery and come attack you from like lots of different angles and like repel into the, into the art gallery as well. So like if you, if you messed up the stealth, like quite late in the heist, it's still quite easy, but if you mess up the stealth early, it makes it really difficult. So I like how it's got that like sliding scale of difficulty in that, like they sort of respect if you do, difficult stealthy stuff it makes the loud stuff easier and also generally with your character you sort of either spec for stealth or loud so if it goes wrong when you're stealthing it can be even more difficult if you've sort of gambled on completing the high stealthily so there's a lot of like rpg mechanics there's a lot of there's a a stat called concealment which is based on like how heavy your weapons are So, like, that's an example where, like, if you go stealthy, you just bring, like, small weapons. You might bring, like, a bow and arrow and, like, a silenced pistol or, like, a silenced shotgun or something. Uh, Whereas if you're going loud, you can bring, like, a a commando rocket launcher and a um, minigun and heavy armor and, like, not care. So, yeah, the game's really complex, really fun. I wish it got, like, a next-gen patch as well because I think it's not... The frame rate isn't brilliant and the graphics aren't brilliant at this point. It was a originally Payday 2 was a 360 game. Then it got an Xbox One and PS4 port, but it was fairly early into the gen. So it plays like an early at best at like an early Xbox One era game, which kind of sucks. But other than that, highly recommend it. Great game. It's on Game Pass, but it's also very cheap probably goes on sale a ton if you are platform agnostic you should play it on pc you shouldn't play it on xbox or ps4 because the pc version has so many more updates so much more support i'm pretty sure it has over a thousand achievements on pc which i'm kind of glad that it doesn't have that many on console because that's 
ridiculous, but yeah, great game. Uh, still enjoying it quite a lot. Been also playing, which you've been playing. You've been playing these next two games. Actually, you know, I'll, I'll do those last. So I've been playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. So the campaign, they call it campaign early access, even though it's it's not really early access. It's just trying to get people to pre-order the game, essentially. And I, I, don't, I don't know why they're splitting it up. I guess it gives more focus on the campaign, which I kind of like in some ways because... Most Call of Duty people don't play the campaign, and I think the campaigns are actually quite good. So I feel like encouraging more people to give it a try is a good thing. But also it's like a cynical like marketing thing where it's like, you know, you're getting early access, so you're special. You know, it's like a way of kind of feeding you bullshit, essentially. Like, like it's not really early access. It's just that the multiplayer is coming late, basically. Like... Like, yeah, you can spin it as like, oh, it's early, but it's actually just when the game comes out, but they've just not got the co-op stuff or the multiplayer stuff in yet. So not a fan of that, but I am a fan of how it sort of gives more focus onto the campaign because I think it deserves it. So I've got, there's only 24 achievements in this game, which isn't a lot. Uh, Normally games have about 50. So I've got 18 of 24, so 760 out of 1,000. And... I've got all of the campaign achievements, did it on veteran, did all the optional stuff. The remaining stuff I have is to do with the spec ops, uh, co-op stuff, which I'm quite excited for. There's no multiplayer achievements. I mean, there is co-op achievements, but no like competitive multiplayer stuff, which is nice. Although I don't mind, normally Call of Duty's okay with multiplayer stuff. There's some exceptions, but most of the time it's like, oh, um, like get to level 55 or win five games or something like it's fairly straightforward you just have to play the game essentially you don't have to do any like random like counterintuitive weird shit to get achievements but yeah i enjoyed the campaign i think the game looks visually amazing like stunning jaw-dropping at times the environments are varied they look amazing the facial animations and like how faces look in cutscenes are incredible it's like pretty close to I wouldn't say photorealistic I guess it's like because it has an art style like it's not fully trying to be photorealistic but it's trying to be like pretty close like it's it's trying to be pretty grounded and I really like how it looks uh I like how it plays as well I played through it on Veteran, and thought it was fine didn't think it was too easy or too hard, really. There were some times where you get, like, one-shot by enemies, and that's really annoying because they can react faster than you sometimes, and you don't know where they are. So that felt kind of cheap at times, but other than that, difficulty's fine. The missions are quite varied, so in terms of taking you to different locations, and it's got quite a fast pace. There's some, like, stealth missions. There's a really good mission that my favorite mission which based on like gillies in the mist from cod 4 where it's like you're in a place in spain and you've got like to attack this these like you attack these two compounds and then you go and attack a lighthouse as well and you can do it like fully stealthy and you've got to like synchronize your sniper shots and what's really impressive about it technically is that like these maps are huge they feel like 
they're taking inspiration from Warzone in that they're like gigantic, like you go to like different segments of the map and it's done in like a linear way. Like you, you can't like skip around anywhere, but all of it is like loaded in at the same time. And it's like these giant like areas and it makes the, the game world feel more grounded and realistic and really quite cool to explore. And the attention to detail is great as well. There's like newspapers and you can read them and all, all of that type of stuff. Like when you go into like cartel homes as well, it like looks, I don't know if authentic is the right word. Probably not. It's maybe a bit toned up too much, but there's a lot of like iconography associated with all of the factions in the places that you go. So visually I like it. I like a lot of the variety in the missions. I found that the, there's some like stealth, other stealth stuff as well, where you've got to like craft resources. You can craft like, um, stuff to like jam open doors and you can craft smoke bombs and things like that. And you've got like no weapon for a while. So you've got to like sneak around and you're injured at the time as well. It's like, I love that mission as well. So there's a few standout missions. There's one where you're like driving a vehicle and you've got to like jump from vehicle to vehicle. That's quite cool. I think that's been used in a lot of the marketing stuff. So, and it's also the story's kind of crazy, but I found myself quite disappointed by the story because I really liked the story of the Modern Warfare 2019 reboot. I really liked the story of the original Modern Warfare and I really like the story of the original Modern Warfare 2. But this story feels kind of toothless. It feels like it's not, I don't know, it, it feels like there's not any weight to it, really. And spoilers for the original Modern Warfare 2 from like 2009. But this game has a General Shepard in it, and the new one has a General Shepard in it. And in the original Modern Warfare 2, there's a mission where he betrays you and he uh, kills your character and ghost, I believe, as well. He, like, kills you both, throws you in a shallow grave, and then, like, burns your bodies, and you, like, see it all happen from, like, first person. And it's a great mission, and it's a great twist. It's, like, one of the most famous... I mean, it probably is the most famous, like, story moment from any Call of Duty game, essentially. And it's really great. It's done so well. And that campaign is crazy and insane, and you ride snowmobiles and it's it's just nuts and planes crash everything blows up everywhere emps go off it's just insanity uh from what i remember there's like airplane graveyards and everything and it's a fantastic game with like a really good it's like a stupid like michael bay type story but all of them are essentially and it's just done so well in that original game and then in this one, it's like really underwhelming, surprisingly. It's just like, yeah, you've got a General Shepard and you know that he's going to betray you. And um, it's like really obvious within like 30 minutes what's going on. Like, for example, it's like, it, basically it's like mission two where it's like, oh, uh, the Iranians have US missiles. Someone's providing them with US missiles. Who could it be? And then General Shepard, and then like, this uh this one character's like oh uh we should you know uh get my team in to look at the missiles to find out like who's been supplying them with the missiles and then general shepard's like no we need to destroy it we need to destroy it right now uh 
because we can't we can't let uh, them take back the missiles or something. And then it's like obvious from there. So it's like, oh, okay. So General Shepard's giving them the missiles then, and that's like mission two. And then it's only like mission like thirteen where like the twist is revealed and it's done in like such a boring way and it's really obvious and it's so weird because I feel like I I was really excited in mission two when they make it obvious that like he's a bad guy because I'm thinking like, Oh, so they know people are going to expect this and like they're already setting that up early. So it means they're going to do like crazy shit later because they've already sort of got it out of the way. But they don't. They just sort of reveal it later when it was already obvious. And it was obvious to anyone who played the other ones. And then it's like, they just go nowhere with it. There's like no, I'm not going to do like a spoiler by omission, but there's no like big dramatic like moments in the game, really. There's like cool set pieces and stuff. There's one where you're like on a boat and it's like rocking back and forth and there's these big like shipping containers and they slide around and you can like jump on top of them or use them as cover but the covers are always shifting and it's like that's a really cool set piece i like that kind of thing and there's lots of those cool set pieces in the game but it doesn't really serve the narrative in any way that's very compelling because there's no stakes to it which is really weird because you'd think there'd be like these huge stakes because you're talking about like missiles getting into like terrorist hands and there's like these Iranian terrorists and there's also the Russians and there's also the cartel. And it's like, Oh, holy shit. Like this is crazy. And at the start it is, it's like, Oh, they've got all these different factions. All this stuff is like going nuts. There's like an early mission where you play as like a Mexican guy on like the U S Mexican border. And you have to like climb a ladder over like a wall into Texas. And you're like, Oh, you've got no jurisdiction here. And you're like going into people's homes in Texas and like pointing guns at them. And like, it's like, Oh, this is wild. Like this is awesome. And then, uh, it just goes nowhere with it. So it's like, it's like you've like set all of this up and you've like got me really excited about the game and the story because of all this like crazy shit that's going on. And I'm like, oh, how are they going to keep upping the ante? And then they just don't up the ante and they just kind of throw it away. And Captain Price is barely in the game as well, which is really disappointing to me. So it's weird to be like, because Call of Duty games aren't really known for their story. Although some of them have, I would say a good story, but this one, it's like, they like set it up where they like make you think it's going to be awesome. And then it's just not. And then it kind of makes it even more disappointing than if it just sort of started mediocre. And also the ending doesn't feel complete, which sucks as well. I've heard rumors that they have like DLC next year. That's going to be story DLC, which is interesting, but it also feels like they've like cut off the end of the game because I've heard that they, like next year they're going to release Warzone 2 but don't have a COD game mainline one to release next year or they have one next year but don't have one for the year after or something there was like development trouble where they normally have one every year and they're not going to have one for one of like the next two years so apparently they've got like campaign DLC and they're going to like do like big big DLC for this one or the next one but again it just feels like oh well, you've just you've just like cut off the ending of this game so that you can just sell it later, essentially. Uh, but the game was long enough. I mean, it was about seven, eight hours for me. So, you know, it was, I don't feel, I felt more shortchanged by the story than by like the length of the game. But the gameplay was fun. It's weird, again, to be like, the story sucks and that's why I don't like it. But I do like it, but I'm just sort of frustrated by it. And I don't think there's any like big, dramatic memorable moments i i think the thing that disappointed me most is that 
I'm like, in five years' time, there's not going to be like a scene where I'm like, I remember that from this game. There might be like a level, maybe, or like a set piece where I'm like, oh yeah, that was really cool. But there's one where you're like hanging upside down off a helicopter, like on a rope, and you've got to like shoot yourself upside down. It's like, that stuff's cool. You know, Uncharted does, does that stuff all the time. But again, it's like, you know, we've seen that before and it's done really well. And, you know, the production values are great. And, you know, those moments are really, really cool. I like games with those moments in them and, and those moments can be memorable, but they're not like, I don't know. I'm not like wowed by it, I guess. And the game's also so linear that it kind of, they kind of try to pretend you have some freedom with it all, but really, you know, that there's a lot of stuff where you could just put the controller down and, and that's it. And I think, again, like if you're going to do that, you want the narrative to be a lot stronger because then you can sort of get invested in that instead of being invested in the gameplay. But you have to have one or the other. You can't just, you can't just have like super linear, not, not uh, interesting sort of gameplay and then also not have a particularly interesting story. You have to sort of occupy people's minds in or their emotions in some way so yeah kind of disappointed still had a good time probably a six out of ten for me it's worth playing but it's not worth rushing to and yeah it's disappointing because in modern warfare 2 the original modern warfare 2 there's also that no russian mission which i'm sure you've heard of right yes absolutely you know where you essentially are pretending to be uh, I think it's Makarov. Maybe it's Makarov. It's some Russian guy who's a bad guy, and you're a CIA agent, and you're pretending to be uh, on his side, and so you're so like deep undercover that you go and murder a bunch of civilians in an airport, and then at the end of the mission, uh, it's all for nothing because he knew you were an American the whole time, and he just kills you at the airport as well. And it's like a really, really shocking, dramatic moment. Again, it's like a great moment. It's an iconic moment in gaming, essentially, that people reference, know what it is. Just from those two words, they're like, yep, that's that's that scene from that game. And that's what's so disappointing about this, is there aren't any moments where you're like, "That's, that's the scene. Like, There's no big, huge thing. And I feel like the previous one set this game up really well. And... I feel like the writing is worse as well in terms of the dialogue and it's just very, very predictable. So yeah, I, I, and it doesn't, it like neither, um, I feel both that like it could have just done what the original did and like modernized it and that would have been better than this or it could have subverted what the original did. So like what I was saying about like revealing like the twist very early or heavily hinting at the twist early they could have like done a twist on that twist, right? So it's like, oh, like if you do know the original game, then it's like you're actually the one being like baited in. It's not, it's not actually true. Like they had a lot of opportunity to like subvert what people would expect or like make it go a different way because it's not following the exact same story. Like the um, the factions and the characters, like a lot of them, some of them are the same, but a lot of them are different and a lot of them are new as well. So they could have done something really different with like a similar framework. And I feel like they didn't sort of differentiate it enough or the ways that they did were kind of uninteresting or sort of less, you know, if you're going to change it, then you have to make sure you change it into something as interesting. Otherwise, why, why mess with the original at that point? So yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking is like, 
it this is such an interesting game that you've brought because with all the talks about remakes right now like literally in the last week or two we've we've seen you know resident evil 4 remake shown we've seen uh silent hill 2 remake shown and there's a horizon you know a couple weeks ago they're like remaking that and it's just it feels like there are games that do not ever need a remake and i feel like the original campaign of modern warfare was was like totally serviceable and even the, they even remastered it and they remastered two also and i think yep. that those were actually like so good it's like why do you need a remake in this generation yeah it's like those- a weird it's not quite a remake it's like a reboot remake or it's like a reboot with yeah. the same name it's a very weird thing because it isn't the so same weird. story which i which i like like i'm glad that they went in that direction with it especially given like you say they did remaster the other two anyway so it's like you wouldn't want like the exact same thing again right if you've played the the remasters but at the same time it's like you feel like they're setting it up for like oh we're gonna have like we're gonna make it even crazier or we've got like a really good idea for it but they just didn't seem to have many ideas yeah and it just it's dangerous to play with it that way and like honestly they could have with the how good the remasters are like those games, as you talked about, they have legendary moments, dude. They're like really good games. I have history with Call of Duty and I played those games back then. And like World at War was still my favorite. But following that, like I loved Modern Warfare 1 and 2. And then 3, I kind of just is like where I did fall off. And I I didn't play the Black Ops games or anything, but I was I was really into those when I was younger. And like with the remasters and the remakes, I was kind of, I was very excited. I liked Modern Warfare remake, the first one. Or reboot or whatever it is. A reboot, yeah. Yeah, a reboot. And it's it's a weird thing where it's like, we're in this generation where I can download the first two original remastered and just enjoy those instead of these new ones. And it's it, they're better and they could have just made a sequel, you know, to three or whatever. And it's going to be so, hel- so well held up because of how good the, the remasters are. And so yeah. I just, I don't know, it just, it feels like we're playing a lot of the same games. And again, you're right with the budget and how good it looks and things like that. That's great. But it's just. Yeah, and it's worth it's playing weird. for like the set pieces as well. You know, it's yeah. kind of like, it, it's kind of like Uncharted if like the dialogue wasn't as good. Basically, yeah. like the set pieces are still exciting and like, you're like, oh, this is, this is cool. But then it like fades, like, like you play through it and then you're like, yeah, you know, it was. It was a nice like popcorn afternoon type thing. It's not, you know, that's exactly why I like Call of Duty because they make those campaigns that are like the most biggest budget, (laughs) like blockbuster action explosion amazingness. And it's so much fun to like play those campaigns. And it's like, like you said, it's just a popcorn afternoon. It's great. Yeah, so it's still it's still a good time, but I think you I'm sort of disappointed by the potential that it had and I did prefer the previous entry, the previous reboot entry of Modern Warfare. That one there was a lot more Captain Price and there was like you were like a newcomer into like both as a player like into this world and also as your characters. And for like Price and the SAS, there was like a darkness to it that wasn't in 
the original necessarily, or at least not immediately in the original, where it's like Price would like do terrible things, but it's like for the greater good is like the idea. There's like a mission in Piccadilly Circus where it's like um there's like a civilian with like who's like got a bomb stuck to him and like there's no time to defuse it, so like Captain Price just like throws him off a balcony to like blow up away from everyone else, basically, and it's like it, it's more like gritty and like like you have to make like tough decisions and there's some like there's like an interrogation scene in that game as well where you have to do like extra ju- judicial activity slash illegal activity to like get information and it's like it's more like grimy and like oh are these guys the good guys and I thought that was quite cool to do and it's quite like it's it's more of a grown up kind of take on it I guess but this game doesn't really do much of that and it kind of feels like weaker than the original Modern Warfare 2 like especially the stuff with Shepard where it's like you find out he's a bad guy and he's just like somewhere else like he's not even like with you he's just like oh i'm a i'm a dickhead now and it's like there's also no resolution to that storyline it's just like oh yeah hey man you were you were a dick and it's like that's it it's like i don't know it feels so much weaker than both the previous game like modern warfare one and the original modern warfare two as well so yeah, it's I don't know. It it's uh it, it was quite disappointing to me, but still enjoyable at the same time. Next I played, so this is where we can perhaps intersperse our conversation. I played through Scorn. Um yes. horror game, was looking forward to it a lot. I was looking forward to it a lot and then the reviews came out and I was like, okay, so now I'm probably not gonna play it, but then I found that it's not very long. And I'd also heard conflicting reviews. So this game, for people who haven't been following it and following the reviews, um, this is an interesting game in that on Metacritic, it's like a 70 or a 71, but the reviews aren't like everyone giving it a 7 out of 10. The reviews are like people are giving it a 2 and people are giving it like an 8 or a 9, essentially. And there's, there's a lot in the middle as well, but it's not like one where like everyone's in agreement. It's a game where... Some people very strongly recommend it. I know SkillUp strongly recommends it to people. In fact, he seemed more positive on this than Plague Tale, which is kind of like crazy. Like you wouldn't necessarily expect that. And then people like G-Man Lives were quite hot on it as well. And other outlets are like, this sucks. It's really clunky. The level design's terrible. The shooting sucks. The puzzles are unintuitive. And everything that this game does is bad, basically. But... The, I guess, the only thing pretty much everyone seems to agree on about this game is that the art style is really beautiful and the world itself is amazing to like be in, has like great atmosphere and is great to sort of look at and take in. And it's quite different from anything we've seen before. You know, it's kind of obviously because of the HR Geiger influence in it, it's kind of evocative of alien and prometheus and stuff like that but it's taken like to much more extreme lengths than a game like alien isolation where you don't really see that much of that influence only kind of in the aliens design really so yeah scorn i played through it didn't take me particularly long i also gave it a six out of ten which is interesting because i liked it overall 
but I think it's um people are gonna probably love it or hate it for the most part. Yeah, I, I gave it a five out of ten. Yeah. So and, sorry, it's just like one of those things where I agreed with a lot of those reviews where it's like, dude, I do not find the level design good. I don't find the puzzles good. I hated the combat. It was awful. But it's like I still wanted to see the world and I really liked like the art style and how gross it was and just being in that world, like you said, is really awesome. I would I'm on this side of the scale where it's like I wouldn't recommend this to people unless they were going to play it on Game Pass and they just wanted to see the gross art style. And yeah, I think like in terms of yeah, it's interesting with Game Pass because I think this was a good I, I think this was a really good get for Xbox for Game Pass. And I think it was also good for the developers to sign on to a Game Pass deal. Like, I think it was good for both sides. I do And too. I was going to say, like, because this game has, like, for an indie game, it's got, like, good production value. Um, it's got a really interesting world. Uh, it's come out at a good time in October. And it's a game where it's, like, if you were like given this game as like it's like a taster game like a free game that's like three hours long three four hours long it's like a it's like perfectly kind of fits for that right like you can give it a try i can imagine like you know having like friends over for halloween and you're like browsing game pass kind of like you browse like netflix or disney plus or whatever and you're like i'm gonna download like a bunch of horror games and this is gonna be one of them and i'm gonna try it and i think from that perspective, you take away like a really unique and interesting experience. And even if, you know, you don't love it, it's still like something that you take with you and are like, well, I'm glad I didn't have to pay like, you know, 30, 40 pounds for it. But at the same time, it's like something that was really cool to experience. And I feel like that's kind of, if there is a consensus, that's probably it, that it's like, I'm, you know, even if I didn't really love it that much, I'm glad it exists and I'm glad it like is sort of has hit the market in a way that it probably should have in terms of being something that people are going to love or hate and sort of want to try or love aspects of and hate other aspects of and, and want to try in that way. Yeah. And again, that's how I feel is like this game is completely OK. Like, I don't think it's good by any means because if it was good, it would be hitting on like a lot of different aspects, but it's just that world. And dude, there was so many times, like I actually went to class and I was talking to somebody else about this game and this other guy pitched in and was like, I saw this on TikTok and he's like, that's that gross game where like everything's made of flesh and meat. And I'm like, yeah, you have no idea what you're talking about, but like you've seen this because it is so visually interesting. And then I'm having moments in this game that I will remember and like cherish because it was really cool but it doesn't mean that it was good to play. Like it was yeah. not good. Yeah. I think I'd, I'd rather like a game be ambitious like this and sort of so unique and then kind of fail in a lot of yeah. ways, in a lot of severe ways than to sort of be really bland and generic and not memorable. Like that, that's what's like quite, I don't know, paradoxical about it in a way, because it's like, there's so much of the game where I'm like, I really wish this was better and it's like pretty like terrible in some ways like some aspects could be like one out of ten two out of ten bad but you're like at the same time i'm really glad they like shot for the stars and like went for this and like really dedicated like so much to like capturing that world and capturing that atmosphere and 
I really like even, you know, we talk about the art and most of it is like the environment, like how great the environment is and how great it is to interact with stuff as well. But I also really like less so in terms of gameplay, but like the actual designs of the weapons visually and the enemies as well. Like all of like the creature design and everything is like really well. So it's not even that they've, they've not like just like fluked making like great environments, like all of the art across like the different aspects of the game is so good. So yeah. And like the in-game menu, I'm putting like air quotes up, but like the in-game menu where you like pull up your stuff to look at it is so visually stunning. And then like switching the weapons out is really cool. But I just can't even begin to describe how bad it is that they have a rechargeable punch gun like that. That should just be a tool. That should just be a like a key. It should not be a weapon. It's so bad. And and I and like you have to rely on it sometimes because you're you're running out of the ammo, which I think is brilliant, like game design. But they just need more ammo stations and like around so that you have to run there in order to reload and stuff. But you're really, really, really limited. And I found it frustrating and especially with how bad the save points are. Cause like if you could save a little bit better, I think that it wouldn't have been so frustrating, but there's people I was hearing that were like losing an hour of progress and in the three hour experience, you know, like, yeah, the, uh, it's, it's so much the gameplay for me. So it's like, it's frustratingly close to greatness, I think in a way, because for some of the combat, and I mean this in like a positive way. I was getting, and and a negative way. I guess it's both. But I was getting like original Resident Evil feelings, like original like survival horror, like more hardcore survival horror. You know, in terms of ammo conservation, in terms of you know, in the original Resident Evil, you can't just kill every zombie that you see. You have to like yes. run past them and dodge them and that kind of thing. Yes, and I love that. I think that there's a gap in the market for like more traditional survival horror now that like sort of the bigger horror franchises have either gone for, so you've either got like amnesia outlast type stuff where you have like no weapon and you have to like run, or you've got like the new resident evils and Callisto and dead space where it's like, it's more like action horror where you've got like a whole like arsenal of weapons and you can kill everything basically. And there's some ammo conservation, but it's like, so I think there's like a gap where it's like, you could make it so like your game has like weapons, but the weapons are like unreliable and you don't have enough ammo for everything. And you've got to like be tactical and avoid stuff and leave some stuff alive. Like, I think there's room for games like that. And I don't want like every horror game to be like that, but I feel like you can have some that are like that more than we currently have because I think that adds to the tension and the fear and it's like resource management, but it's not like the resource management in like modern resident evil games. I like it, but it's kind of like you can artificial it's artificial. And it's kind of like what they're sort of rewarding you for is like, they love giving you that feeling of like dopamine where you like open a drawer and you get like 20 pistol bullets and you're like, Oh yes. Like this is amazing. But they kind of do it like too much in a way. Like the ammo conservation isn't actually a concern. It's just that they love giving you that like happiness of like getting it. Whereas like a game like this or a game like the original resident evil, it's more like instead of like excitement and happiness, it's like relief. It's like, Oh, like, and it's like relief mixed with dread because you're like, thank God, but also, like, even though I've got this, now I have to, like, 
use my shots really really carefully so and and that's the thing about the new resident evil games is like it's based a lot like the experience that you have is based on the the uh difficulty that you choose because you will if you do it on the harder difficulties you're going to have less health and you're going to be struggling and then you're also going to have less bullets and stuff and that's like the survival experience horror that or uh yeah but i think in even in modern resident evil i think you get that like towards the start of the game on the hardest difficulty Mm -hmm. but then when you get like halfway through you've got like machine guns and shotguns and like you've got like a lot of resources to deal with and use i think like and i as soon as you get like a sniper rifle in a Resident Evil game, it's basically over in terms of yeah. like if you if you can <laughs> aim so because that thing just like one shots like almost Everything. all the enemies. So yeah, I mean, I think it. But I like action horror as well. Like I, I like that gameplay as well. Um, but yeah, so I was gonna say like I love the idea of that, but the execution is the problem, right? For, and I think that's what everyone agrees on. I think some people are like. I don't like that kind of survival horror at all. Like I'm glad we've moved on from the original resident evil style of survival horror. And that's perfectly valid, but I quite like it. But my problem with it is the execution of it, which is that the level design is like, there's lots of dead ends. There's lots of places that are useless. There's puzzles that aren't really clear that they're puzzles. And what that means is if you're also trying to like avoid enemies and not fight them and leaving them alive, it means you have to like run past the same enemy over and over again while you're like fi- you're like trying to figure out a puzzle but then you also are trying to like not get killed and then it becomes like less scary and more frustrating and then also the problems are like the combat itself doesn't feel as good as it could feel and yeah. you get some issues as well where again it's kind of like really quite harsh and hardcore in the there's like some enemies where you can run past them. There's some enemy encounters where I'm like, I have no idea. If you've got no ammo at this point, I'm pretty sure you, I might need to restart the whole game. Like, because you know, there's like big tank enemies. I remember them. And the ones that like, there's the ones that only take a couple of shots, but they like spit at you really fast. If you came to a room with like one or two of those tank enemies and then like two of the like spitter enemies and it's just like a wide room i don't know how you get through it if you don't have any ammo essentially like i think you just die because the tank enemies on their own can just like stun lock you essentially like they can knock you down and then they can just hit you again when you get back up and they'll just kill you like straight out so it yeah i mean i don't know what you do in that situation if that happens and that you know I, i kind of you know, I, I like really difficult games, but I'm like, this isn't, I don't know if this is acceptable to like mainstream audiences. Like I'm cool with it and I'm, you know, my aim's really good and my intuition's good in these types of games. But if you're just like a normal person who maybe doesn't have much experience with the genre or doesn't play that games that much, it's like, uh, you know, that's, that's probably not a uh, good design. It's probably pretty bad. That's what I think. That's what I was thinking about the entire game is like, I just want to recommend games to people who don't play many games all the time because I just want to show how diverse and cool games can be. And this game just lacks that intuitiveness (laughs) to like help an average gamer get through it. And like there was a one one point in the game and this is just more poor design where you get ammo and it's like that relief of, 
oh yeah, I just got ammo. And then they spawn a ton of enemies, like behind you and in front of you. Yes, you can run yeah. past them, but it's just like, you just got ammo and now you have to use it all and then you have to try to get to the next point of ammo. After that, it's like, who who did who is designing it this way when this game you know the art the world design and the art design and the like the puzzle design and all of that is more important than this combat related stuff so you got they just needed to like draw it back just a little bit because that's not what this game's meant to be and i mean i was hearing people saying that they thought it was going to be a doom like game i never got that impression but i also didn't watch trailers so if people are coming into this thinking this is going to be like a, a doom game they're going to be extremely disappointed because it's slow and it is it doesn't have those kind of weapons you know it, it's very it's slow and like yeah, take it if, in uh, yeah and the other thing is the ammo is so tight that like if you miss like you're yeah. it's over like uh, yeah it's over. So, the only good thing about that though is that to be fair to the game the enemies like the enemy design at least is quite smart in that they have quite large hitboxes typically most of them and also they don't move very quickly. So you do have time, like it, using the guns is quite slow and sluggish and you have to like focus your aim and stuff like that. But the the way the enemies are sort of made uh, does fit with that at least, I would say, because the real nightmare scenario would be if you had like, like Resident Evil Lickers or... Um, yeah. enemies that like jump around really really quickly all over the screen like if you had to deal with that with that ammo system and that weapon system it would like be borderline unplayable so at least like with the tank enemies they like walk slowly towards you and that kind of thing so I don't think it's like as bad as it could be but it's still not brilliant I mean it, it's like it's kind of rough but it's not like unplayably bad I'd say yeah. so I agree with that. And there's also one other thing about this is like I learned later in the game to run past enemies. And that's something that a lot of players should, you know, figure out. But they with the tank enemies, it's not impossible to run past them either, because if you mess them up before they're like their charge attack, then you're in like they just stumble and then you can run right past them. You don't have to use all your ammo to kill them. You just have to just use one shot or a couple shots and then you can just get past them and just go. But that you can't come back to that area, otherwise you're gonna have to right, yeah. deal with it again. The, uh, yeah, I, I um, I think another problem for this game is that the like very worst part of the combat and arguably the hardest part is when you first get that like stupid like poke weapon tool, right? Like yes. you mentioned before, you have to fight some enemies with that before you get a pistol. And it's like terrible. Like that's like the worst part of it. Absolutely. It feels like when you kill anything, you are like running around a pillar, like waiting for the cool that like, it feels like you're kind of playing it in a way like you, you sort of like, there's no way they intended for this to be how you play it because it's not even scary. It's just like goofy. Like you just like, you're like waiting for him to go left and then you like run right. And it's like, you, you just, yeah. Poking him like, two times and then getting behind cover and then poking him two times. Like that's probably the worst part. Well, it is the worst part of the combat and you shouldn't have like the worst, I guess. I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you shouldn't, it's going to like turn people off the game and also it's going to like make them, you know, first impressions count in that they're going to have that experience in their mind when the rest of the combat comes in and the rest of the weapons come in. 
and all yeah. of that stuff is better, but you're kind of still like soured by the fact that like the combat really, really, really sucks at the start, and then it kind of gets better. Like when you've got like the pistol and like the big yep. like shotgun rifle and then the grenade launcher thing, like it sort of feels alright then to me. Like because yeah, you've got and when you've got full ammo for all of them as well, it's like Oh, I'm actually like kitted now and it's it's okay. Like I'm gonna use like the little pistol for like the little guys and I'm gonna use the big shotgun for the tank because the the spread like hits him like multiple times and it's like you get like a good system going and it's still survival horror, but you're like, okay, so this isn't like that bad anymore. And then it kind of ends like immediately. So it's like yeah. I, I don't think the combat is like a complete utter failure, but I think that it's like it has good ideas and like really bad execution and it's like weirdly like backloaded as well because you sort of get like a boss fight towards the end and it like makes you repeat it twice as well which is unfortunate but it's like that fight itself is kind of fine like it's it's okay but yeah it it sort of yeah. it, it the puzzles are okay as well generally they're <laughs> sort of they they're not they're like they seem like they're way more complicated than they are. I feel like I feel like they're quite simple, but when you see them for the first time, you're like, I- I've got no idea what this is, and there's no like clues or anything. There's no like context, which really sucks. But in terms of the actual puzzles themselves, they're like so simple that it doesn't completely ruin everything. That was my experience too. Um, I want to go back and talk about that punch gun just one last time. Is like the the thing about that was it would be fine. I mean, I think it would have been fine if they just added like a, a strafe or a, a dodge button, just one, one little dash move, because when you get close to the enemies and you're using that and then they rear up, it's like you just step sideways as much as you can and try not to get hit. And it just is not, it doesn't feel good. You're right. It's just clunky and, and just bad. And it just feels like a, a misstep. Like if they just added a melee button with that gun instead of like the rechargeable punch thing, I think that it would have been totally serviceable. I think it would have been fine. Like yeah. you have that. And it it just seems like an oversight there. And then with the puzzles, again, you said no clues. And I think that that at the beginning of the game, it's kind of hard to figure out. I think that's literally the 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 first area is kind of one of the hardest to figure out. And then once you do, I think that they start to, the puzzles start to flow a lot better. It's not like you need a guide from that point on it, but I needed, I was like, I think I need a guide because I was bumbling around way too much in that first area. And then that you figure it out and it's like, okay, but then they, they become more narrow and easier to like figure out. And I, I became like in a flow state with the puzzles where I'm just like, okay, next, 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 next. And it just, it just needs a little bit of guidance in that first area. Cause I think that people will turn off that game when they're running around the tracks and like looking for what to do especially if you don't have the right tool it just i don't know there's just something about things that are it's just not quite there which is why i gave it the five out of ten because i think that it's okay but it just is missing several aspects yeah i'd say um the only other thing we have to talk about is the story or lack of a story i suppose um, it's interesting because there's not much like law either really, um, at all. but I, I like the minimalist story. I think, I think it does a good job of like putting you in the world more. Maybe it'd be great in VR potentially, but the yeah. sort of you pick things up along the way that you're kind of 
I don't know. I mean, it's so open to interpretation ultimately, but it's like you're moving through this world and early on you get like, uh, hugged by this like fucked up parasite creature thing that like stays with you for most of the game, which is like really bad news. And I quite like how totally like hopeless and desolate and just ruinous the world is like, it's, it's awful. And like your character's not, not a good character, not even particularly a bad character if we compare to everything else that's alive in this world, right? Like if we use the world of the game as a frame of reference, you're not really like a good guy or a bad guy. You're just like a guy, basically. Just getting through. And it's like, yeah, you're you're sort of, you pick up that you're like on a journey and you're just like killing stuff on your way and like cutting stuff open. And like, it's like organics mixed with machinery. And you're like, it seems like there's kind of towards the end, there's maybe even like religious, like pilgrimage or like ascension or sacrifice or that kind of thing. Like it, it does feel like it's a kind of technological religious aspect to it where it's like, you're like merging yourself with machine, but also like going through like this, this gate to, I don't know, some like Valhalla type thing. But even that, I mean, so spoilers for the ending, you like don't make it to the place that you're going. And uh, and it's like suggested that you basically were like killed and like stopped like right before you, you got to the, the place. But even that's ambiguous. And I quite like that in the sense that at least it was to me, I might just be stupid and might like have missed what's going on uh, because the game really doesn't, tell you anything but i got the impression as well that it's like ambiguous in quite a cool way in that like you could have gone there and that could just be like the beginning right like there might be like another eight circles of hell that you have to go through or you just like go there and it's like you just get like killed by something else sacrificed by something and you're like part of something bad like you don't even know if you're like doing like if your mission is to like get to safety if it's sacrificial if it's to power up something else or whatever because there's so much like people just like merging themselves with machines and just becoming like part of something greater essentially yeah um, the part is so wild yeah that it, it kind of and it kind of does feel sort of you know like you're like waking up these like these guys with blood and then you you have like this robot like cutting you open and all this stuff it's like such a and yeah, you carry your own self and there's just like so much like up for interpretation of what's going on. And I think it's interesting because for me, I just thought that the character was trying to understand why it woke up and like where what what's going on and get as far as it could. Maybe, and but it seems it like your character sort of understood stuff implicitly, if that makes sense. Yes, it definitely did. It, like it had a life before. Yeah, like it, yeah, or it was, yeah, it was like a cycle or something where yeah. it, like, you, so you, the player, you have no information, and it's implied that the character has no information, but when you interact with stuff, like, if, if you were in the situation in real life, you'd have no idea how to interface or interact with anything, or, like, you don't even, like, when you're using the blood to, like, make these guys come alive or whatever, like, there's no way you would rationally be like oh yeah that's what i'll do like if i do this that that's going to do that and you know i'm going to crush this like baby head thing and that that baby head thing is going to be like the 
elixir of life for this other like you <laughs> never you'd never think that but the character does think that and does know how to interact with everything so it's like it's suggested that like it is going around with a purpose i feel like there is like something that you're trying to do like moving towards some tangible goal that's already sort of in your character's mind i guess but at the same time there's so little to take from it that it's like it's difficult it's really difficult to analyze because of how minimalist it is but i do quite like that and i like how hopeless it is and how it's like you don't even know that if you did make it like what would what would be there what would happen like was it good that you were stopped i mean like clearly what stopped you is just like a a like fucked up parasite animal like that you know you've not been stopped by like a more noble cause or anything but you know is it is it good is it bad is it nature is it uh like an ab- abomination that's unnatural because you've got all of like the the machinery stuff going on so it's really difficult to come to any conclusions from it but i do think it really adds to how unique the game is and how interesting it is to talk about and think about as well and, and sticks in your mind you know uh so yeah, yeah. I, I recommend people check it out but there's only some people i'd recommend actually like playing through the full thing too it might be something where it's actually quite good to just watch or try it and then if you hate it go watch it or or something like that yeah it's it's definitely very interesting and another thing about that the game is like that it makes it so hard to determine what was going on because there's not a lot of living stuff most most of the living stuff is messed up there's not a lot of intelligent living things you're like one of the only intelligent living things in the world and so it doesn't it when you get to the ending for me at least it, it felt like I, I was trying to put an end to this parasitic world and this life and things that were happening and it was very shocking i would say for that for that ending and i i'm with you i think that the like there's no lore there's like nothing there's no collectibles there's nothing telling you about things in the world it, it there is no dialogue even the character has like a skin mouth when they show it and it's like it can't it, there's no sounds or vocals or any kind of thing coming out and so it's just kind of one of those things where i i usually don't like games like that where it's all up for interpretation but i think that the world was so creepy and weird and interesting well, it, that it, yeah i it, think it, it's i did like it intentional right because it's like oh, the world very, is so alien yeah. that it's like you're meant to feel alienated by it like you're meant to look at yes. it and be like i don't know what to take from this because this world is like so messed up and so different to our world that you don't even have like a frame of reference you can't even like put like conventional morality on it or personality on it like there's no way to figure it out and i think they've done that on purpose and made it so like minimalist and abstract in that way and i think that's really fascinating because i think you pretty much never see that from from games and or never see it like pulled off in that way so yeah i definitely think it's a really interesting game although i I wish the execution was better on a lot of areas and it's sad and frustrating because if like the execution on like the level design and the combat and the puzzles was like for the puzzles probably only has to be a little bit better but for the other two it has to be significantly better like people would consider this game like a masterpiece if it was like if it actually delivered on like the the world and art style and even like the minimalist story if like 
the the gameplay and the combat was like really good. I think the game could have like become something something bigger at that point. I do too. But the last game I've been playing is a Plague Tale Requiem. I've only played nice. about an hour and a half of it, so you, you're much further than me. I know that. I uh, finished it last yeah, night. Yeah, so you finished it. Yeah. Uh, so we're not going to really talk spoilers because I still need to play a lot more of it. I think I'm on chapter three at this point. I was going to keep going, but Modern Warfare 2 came out and I played that this weekend and it you know, it took me about eight hours. So, um, Whereas I know Plague Tales like a much bigger game than that. So yeah, thought I'd get caught out of the way and then go back to Plague Tale uh, soon, imminently. I'm really enjoying it so far. I think, weirdly, I felt like this about the first game as well. I feel like some of the dialogue is a bit clunky, surprisingly. Like, I don't know. I think maybe it's like the relationship between Amicia and Hugo is, I don't know if forced is the right word, but it's like, it's maybe, I don't know. There's, there's more of it than is perhaps necessary at the start, like with all like the tutorial stuff and everything. I think it's a bit, it's a bit slow and it's a bit like, you know, if I played the previous game, I already know all of this stuff and it's kind of like, um, the dialogue feels clunky in the sense that it's like so transparently meant to serve as like context for the narrative and like context for the relationship that it feels kind of like cogs in a machine and that it's like not uh, organic in some ways. So that's probably my only negative so far, really. And it's not all the time. Like it's not like all the dialogue is like this. It's just like some like parts of it feel a bit like that. Uh, I that's, like what? Sorry. Yeah. Carry that's on. a, that's a valid criticism that you have. And I would say that's only going to be in those first three chapters that you feel that way. Most likely just because I, felt with my first three chapters of playing the game that that was the slowest bit and i was like especially with the puzzles and the dialogue between the two was that it hadn't fully hit its stride and i was like i cannot be doing these puzzles like this all game like i could i right. i couldn't do it i was like this they have to do something different and thank god they do so you and, think it gets stronger as it goes on oh oh heavily yes oh nice yes. Yeah, because yeah. that's interesting, because when we talked about the previous game, I basically said the opposite, where I thought the first Plague Tale, it starts off really, really strong and and super interesting, and then towards the end, it's like, overstays its welcome just a little bit, and it's like, okay, like we know what's, we know what's going on, you know, and it, it kind of stops surprising you and um, becomes a little, a little generic in terms of gameplay to some extent. Um, so this game having like, the opposite where like the start is one of the weakest aspects and then yeah the pacing in the beginning just feels very slow and i get it i think that it's a good ramp up for people who have not maybe played the first one and for to set the stage for what's to come in this one especially yeah. have you finished chapter three no i don't okay. think so i can check the once you finish chapter three no i haven't there's it just is a, it's a point where that's where you're going to start hitting it. Like you will see how much, how incredible like the pacing will be and how much different the puzzles will be. And it's just at that very point, like once you get the achievement for completing chapter three, 
Yeah, we uh, awesome. we should say as well, like, this game, it, it's funny because I've talked about Modern Warfare 2, Scorn, and now this. All three of these games are, like, really beautiful to look at. Like, they look absolutely amazing, like, in terms of the environments and the art style really pops and the colors really pop on, like, HDR displays and all of that. Like, it looks so good to, like, be in this world. Yes, and I also should say that I played Scorn on... It's only on Xbox and PC, I'm pretty sure. And I played it on Xbox, and I'm also playing Plague Tale on on, uh, Xbox. And Plague Tale is getting a little bit of hate because it's 30 frames per second. But I think the game is so slow slow that it, like, really hasn't bothered me much. Plus, I do have VRR on, so... Yeah, I think it's... Yeah, I think it's fine so far. I'm really not having many problems with it. I think, I mean, it, it... I think... Digital Foundry have talked about this, not to do with this game particularly, but just generally, like it's, it can be better to have like a stable 30 than like a 60 that like drops all the time and like drops like massively and inconsistently. So for me, it's felt quite stable at 30 so far. And so for me, it's been fine. It's not been like amazing. It's not been completely smooth, but yeah, the game in terms of the gameplay, it doesn't really need a high frame rate. I mean, I was that there was like a moment in chapter two where um, there's like lots of rats on the floor in one place where you have to like get like you have to light this uh, torch and then go on this like lift that's like there's like there's like a fire in the middle of the lift and you you go up out of like the sewers and there's like areas where you have to get like you have to get crafting materials. And there's like tiny gaps and you can't jump across them. You have to like shimmy on like a ledge. And then it reminds me, it's like, oh, you don't have a jump button in this game. And that kind of like shows how the game isn't like a very like twitchy, like fast paced thing. Uh, It's, it's very, I like the stealth having like big environments and like a lot of different options for what you do and options for your weapons as well. But in terms of, like rapid responses it's not that type of game at all i agree with that and it does look really really good and i find a lot of that stuff like absolutely stunning but i also want to say this and i don't want to overhype it but i think that this is the best narrative of 2022 so far like if if it's going to be nominated in the game like the the game award categories i think this one wins best narrative like it's absolutely phenomenal like i love horizon and I just don't think that Horizon even compares, like not even close. Like it's just so much. It's so well done. I, I, I'm i so excited. And it, something about this game that made me love it so much is that, you know, I just, I do, I miss my linear narrative third person experiences. And I don't need these games that are 50 hours long, open world, everything. You have to, you know, all these side quests to do, all this stuff to do. Like just give me a simple good gameplay like loop and then you tell me a good story i just missed the uncharted like games and that's what this game feels like to me is like an uncharted like game where you're solving some puzzles and you know you do have some you do have some combat with the sling and stuff and it's just like it's just so serviceable and it i love it i yeah. really do love it but the it's the story that like really really did so good <laughs> nice yeah i'm looking forward to it i am um, yeah and I, I like the gameplay in this game it's not yeah it doesn't blow you away but it's completely functional and serviceable as you say and there's nothing wrong with games having 
simpler gameplay either. And uh, there's, you know, some aspect of give and take as well in terms of like if, if a game's quite simple but focuses on narrative and structure and um, sort of putting you on a path to sort of strengthen the impact of the story, essentially. Uh, I think that's that's great. Like, I think that's kind of like an ideal balance, really, because it reminds me of, you know, Fallout 4. That game tries to have a serious story where you're looking for your son. And, but because it's like an open world game with lots of side quests, you get like this, I guess, dissonance between the main quest is like, you really care about your son and you need to go find him. But then the side quests, you're just like doing like wacky settlement shit and like exploring vaults and like killing giant crabs and stuff. And you, you can do that for like 20, 30 hours and then just go, Oh yeah, my son. Yeah. I've got to. So you've got like, because the game's so open, it kind of hurts the narrative indirectly. And I don't think that's like a big criticism of Fallout 4. Like, I don't think it's really fair. Like you can't, it's impossible to balance both perfectly i think because i feel like you could even say it about like games that are known for having like great stories like you could probably say it about like red dead 2 for example like if if you chose to just do like pointless stuff you could be like oh well the game didn't force me to do the the main so, so you know it sucks and you know that's not really a reasonable critique but there is something to be said about the game has like a more rigid structure, but that sort of heightens the impact of the story and helps like boost it even further. So I think that's like totally valid about this game. Me too. And I, I, I just pulled this up cause I really wanted to read it to you. Cause you were talking about the, the jump button, right? And we were talking about the linearity of the game and how I, it, it really is just like a serviceable gameplay. It's fun and it works and it helps you solve puzzles and it's all there, but on on the game page, when you pull it up to purchase it, it has a couple bullet points of like what what the game is, and it says a spectacular grounded tale twisted by supernatural forces, and that's so true. Like the rats are the most like not grounded thing in the game, you know. But everything else between the characters and the time period and everything there is so grounded and amazing. And you know, you're not gonna have superpowers of jumping up, you know, like a god. <laughs> you know, it's it's it feels heavy and it moves you forward. And I think that that's just what I wanted. And dude, there was nights where like I was playing this till like 1am despite having to work the next day. And I just didn't want to stop because I was like, this is just, it's gripping and I want to see what's going to happen next. And I I'm telling you like at the end of chapter three, that's when that begins like that feeling. Cause those first three chapters, I remember just being like, man, this is, it's good. Serviceable. I, I was sitting, I actually sent a couple messages on some, a di- couple different discords so that I could have this discussion with people. But I was like, you know, this is sitting between like an eight and a nine. Like, it's fine. But it's not got to that great point yet. And then after chapter three, it was like started. It just kept going better and better for me. And I can't wait to I really do want to talk to you more about this. So I hope you play it more because it's 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 a really good game. Really. Yeah, good. I should. I should. Uh, I should do soon. Hopefully this weekend, I'll try to make really good progress in it and through the week as well. But. Yeah, I would I'm say enjoying it a lot so far. I th- I think it's about like 20 hours. Yeah, that's, that's fine. About, that's about what it is. But maybe 15, 15 to 20. <laughs> it's like in between there. But nice. man, yeah. Yeah. So that's I'm uh, over- overwhelmingly positive on it. <laughs> yeah, that that's good because I feel like I've not been 
my most positive game has been Payday 2, probably, of, uh, of, of the others that I've talked about. So, and I feel too early to make any, like, significant judgments about Plague Tale at the moment. I know I like to... I, I don't like to have an opinion, definitely not a strong opinion, on games that I haven't played or haven't come out yet. Uh, I think that's yeah. really stupid. I've talked about that before, that people seem to have, like, all sorts of opinions about stuff that they have, like, no experience with at all. But then even when like I've played something, like I can have a, an opinion on what I've played, but I don't really want to feel strongly or or say many things about it until I've actually like finished it, at least just like finished the main story. So yeah, I'm going to get back to it soon, I think. But that's oh. everything I've been playing. So what, awesome. what do you have? Oh, I should say as well, actually, uh, I didn't play Sable in the end. It seemed interesting, but I just didn't have time with everything coming out. And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't feel like this right now. It, I, I played a little of it. Like I, I didn't play enough to even get an, an achievement, but I found it kind of relaxing, but I was like, I, I don't know if this is the right game for me right now. So didn't play that. Uh, people are excited about Persona 5 Royal coming out on Xbox and, uh, Having like a oh, you're excited about places. that, are you? Oh yeah, really, really excited. No, I'm not playing. <laughs> it. Um, there is I know, I know. what's cool is there's a uh, true achievements like giveaway achievement challenge where I think it's like a sponsored thing by Xbox or Atlas. But essentially, if you get like two achievements in it, two specific achievements, you get entered into like a big prize draw where they've got like I don't know like 200 Xbox Game Pass codes to give away, and then like um a controller or like a specially designed persona five thing as well. And you just get like entered into it, which is, is cool. I like that. They've got like an extra incentive for achievement hunters and they're getting like rewarded for stuff like that. That's always nice to see. haven't really seen it for games before. So yeah, don't expect any thoughts on persona five because I'm, I'm not going to play it. So sorry. Well, uh, I want to say two things. First off, the, the, way that you were feeling with Sable, I had that same experience this week where I started um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge and I beat two bosses. It was about four levels that I played and I kind of was just like, I'm just not quite feeling it yet. I kind of want to play it co-op with someone. Um, it's a, I played uh, Turtles in Time on Super Nintendo whenever I was way younger and I played with my brother and my sister and so it's it's tied to nostalgia and I really want to play that game. It's not like, it's not like I hate this game and I don't want to play it. It just is not what I'm feeling right now and that's okay. So I just kind of pushed that one aside. But also, dude, I'm so excited about whatever Asobo makes next because they're one of the most interesting studios out there. I mean, they made Flight Simulator. I think they're working on a racing game now, but then they also made Plague Tale and it's just like, dude, they could do whatever. Like literally whatever. They're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's incredible. I feel like it's... um. I wonder if the Activision thing wasn't happening, if they'd be acquired by Microsoft. I, I wonder so t- if so too, because they're get they're yeah. They're I mean, they make like with Plague Tale, they make like the thing that Xbox is missing in terms of like that, because they've got like Hellblade. But I don't think, to be honest, I mean, people people have been comparing. They've been like, oh, Hellblade and God of War. Uh, you know, that's their God of. I really don't think those oh. games are that like each other they don't seem like it anyway like the first hellblade was so like minimal in terms of combat and more about like mental health and stuff like it it had like 
mythology in it, but it wasn't like it felt like mythology wasn't really the focus of that game to me, and it wasn't like on like a. I mean, it had some like epic scale, but it it isn't like the same type of epic. Like it's a very like personal story, I guess. I don't know if you know what I mean, but it feels and it feels like the gameplay complexity isn't isn't there. Like it's not what that. So people like make that comparison, and I get why. Like Ninja Theory probably is the closest to that that they have, but I feel like yeah, Asobo. It's like with the sequel to Plague Tale being Game Pass at launch and then flight sim obviously being like a, a big thing that they've put like a ton of work into i'm i'm interested in like what's going on with that studio in terms of from an xbox perspective um i am too because i i feel like it's like it's like set up for that type of thing but i don't know because they're publishing with focus home for plague tale and then I think they might be owned by someone already or someone has like a big stake in them. So it might be like really hard for them to be acquired. And I, but I don't know. It's like they've got like an association with Xbox for some reason, but it makes me wonder on the flip side as well. Like if you're Sony, like you could, you could go for them now because Microsoft probably aren't going to buy them anytime soon because they're waiting for Activision to go through. But I know stuff's gone weird with, I mean, the economy's messed up. The yen is doing well. The dollar's doing very, very well. So I don't know if like acquisitions have slowed down, but I feel like it'd be good for Sony as well to be like, I don't know, give give us a game or or something because it'd be like another another way for them to. I think it'd be good for them if they had like a gap, right? Like let's say like Naughty Dog are making factions right so they're making like a multiplayer focused uh shooter and then let's say gorilla are making an fps as well which people have speculated so maybe you and, and god of war ragnarok's about to come out so maybe if you're sony there might be like a period of time where you don't have like a, a third person like that type of linear game because like all of the studios that do that are like They've either just shipped something like that and they're working on like something that's like a bit different or um, they've like moved to make something else. So then maybe you go for them to like help fill in the gap as well. So I feel like that studio after their recent form, surely they're going to be like a, they're going to have like a lot of money flowing into them probably, which seems like a, a good thing for them in terms of if they can scale up because it's really impressive that they've done like Flight Sim and Plague Tale uh, really impressive games on a technical level for a studio that was like originally known for doing like tie-in stuff and and ports and things like that. Like it's 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 wild that they're sort of going to that level of like production value. And I feel like technologically they're like not quite there yet. Like they can't they they can't um, make games with like the production values of like naughty dog right but they can they can get sort of like 70 percent of the way there and i feel like if it'd be interesting to see if they were able to scale up and got like a lot of investment from somewhere if they'd sort of keep getting like bigger and bigger in terms of that and scope i mean i just i again like i said i just couldn't believe like that they've made such drastically different games and i think that Plague Tale Requiem is made on its on a house engine, like their own engine. So yeah, it's it's very interesting that 
they have this kind of talent and they haven't been acquired, especially in this acquisition war. So I really am excited to see whatever they do next. And I just, I guess we just wait to see what happens because there's, it's quiet. Yeah. But, that The other exciting thing about them is uh, like you say that because what they've made recently has been so different and it's also come out of nowhere that they could really be doing like anything next, right? They could just be doing like a platformer or something like something just crazy because we don't even really know. Like the only thing we know to expect is like Plague Tale really, because that's the one that's like become a series. Like it's got like two, two games in it. So it's like maybe something to do with that or something to do with that style. But other than that, there's not really even like a big lineage where you're like, oh, well, they've just done this, so of course they're going to do this next. Like, they could just they could just do anything, which is uh, crazy and cool to see as well. Like, it'll be exciting when, like, at whatever press conference or show that they're at, if they announce a new thing at, like, the Game Awards or something, and you see, like, their logo come up, because it's going to be, like, you're not going to know what to expect from it. Yeah, I'm not really sure, but I'm excited. <laughs> All right, so I finished... This we were talking about this a couple weeks ago, and I was right right at the tail end of it. And this is actually an interesting story. I'm not going to talk too much about the game because I've already done that. But uh, I finished Eye of the Somnium Files, Nirvana Initiative, and you know I love narrative games. We just discussed that. I mean, I love them. But I finished it 30 minutes after midnight, and so technically that was the beginning of a day. And then I later that day when I woke up, I I started this game called Toem, and. This game is a picture adventure game and basically it's just this cute little art style game. There's five levels and you have this journal and your mom wants you to like see the world and she gives you her camera and it's just like go have an adventure and take pictures of stuff. And then you talk to different characters and they're like, hey, I want a picture of this bug. I want a picture of this person or like this one character gives you these funny like cool glasses that you put on and you can see ghosts with the glasses on so you can talk to ghosts and you can take pictures of ghosts and do things like that but it's just like this game that you just need to complete the tasks that are given to you and then you get the platinum and so i really had fun with this game it was a beautiful indie game like just totally chill and fun and adorable like i kept taking pictures of this monkey every time i like went to the newest level because the same monkey works at all of the like uh the bus stations and I really loved that. And so I would take pictures of him every time I was there and you get like 200 and something pictures in your album uh, as a maximum. And I didn't even get close to that. I took like a hundred something, but you can look at your journey throughout that. And I like would delete bad pictures that I took and stuff like that. And you know, when you get to the end, the devs are like, you know, thanks for playing our game. Like that's it. It really like hit me. It was like, man, not very many people made this, but it's absolutely so charming and I would recommend it to anyone. It's like five hours. Mm, yeah. Five hours for the platinum. And so I got two platinums in one day just by accident. One was a 40 hour game and one was five hours, but still it's like I finished. I had some files late that night and then went on and completed this five hour game. And it was so fun. It was just such a good, good experience. It's not like, I mean, there is story there, but then there's all, it's just more about your adventure and like just taking picture of every animal in the game and like every creature and whatever, whatever you need to do. Like that's just pretty much all it was. 
and I loved it. I, I recommend it to anyone because it's just it's adorable. And then this is the final game I'll talk about because we've talked about all the other stuff I played. But um, I picked up this game a while ago uh, called Gree or Gris. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it. It's never said in the game, really. But I think it's a it's a Spanish uh, studio like in Spain. And so I I'm pretty sure it's it's pronounced Gree. But originally I saw this at the Game Awards and the game was nominated for uh, Best Art Direction and its art style was so stunning. I was like, I really want to play that like someday. And I I knew it was a puzzle game, but I didn't know what I was getting into. I just was really excited about the art. And it really was so special to play this game. It was only it, it, it was like I downloaded it a while ago because I knew it's like a three hour experience. It can be done in a night, like one sitting. And so I kind of just left it on the system for a night where I'm like, I don't have anything to play and I have the time to play. And I did have that night. And so I pulled up this game, Gree. I started to play it and it was so, so good. Like it made me feel so many emotions and it didn't have a single word in it. It was just based off like colors, based off uh, music, which was so well done. And I really, really enjoyed it. And even going back, because I you can beat the game and then there's like these little miniature puzzles and you get a secret ending and like just going through the game and then re- like replaying the levels to see the other puzzles that I didn't like I totally missed because I didn't take a right. I went down and said or something like that. It, it's really, really beautiful, like stunningly beautiful. There was a point in the game where like it, it had me in tears, not, not like I was sobbing, but I was like, it's so beautiful. And what was happening earlier to what happens now is such a drastic like difference that it can really like evoke tons of emotion out of you because you you have like no color and you have color and it just it was so well done man i've never played anything like that before i like i i gave it a 10 out of 10 like it's a masterpiece it's only three hours so i just don't see why you like couldn't play something this amazing and it's like i I just i really enjoyed that game it was really really stunning and i'm glad i played it i mean it was it's several years late i don't i think this thing was nominated back a long time ago, ninety like two, 2019, maybe 2018. Not, not really sure. Long time ago, but I'm glad that I got to it and I got it. I'm glad I got to see it. I've been playing a lot, to, a lot of artsy games, I would say, especially with Tolem. Um, yeah, that's but, pretty cool. I'm glad yeah. it's like amazing when you find like a, like a sleeper hit indie and you're like, this is one of my favorite games now. That's, that's yeah. sick. I looked it up and yeah, the art style seems like really, really beautiful. It's extremely beautiful. And and I think that those stunning visuals that you see there accompanied by the unbelievable, unbelievable music and original soundtrack of the game that accompany it, it just is so tied together and it can tell you so much without saying anything at all. And that's that's special. So I definitely recommend it for people. But easy achieve easy platinum too. Um but we have no topic on the table this week because we had so much to talk about. We're already an hour 37 in this show. <laughs> um, but yeah, we were thinking of doing a, a special episode, right? At some point to Yes, dude, I cannot wait for that. Yeah. And I, I, we won't say anything about it yet because I want to solidify more stuff about it. But it 
it, I think that it's going to be a little game that we're going to play and I'm excited. But do you have a trophy or an achievement of the week? Oh, yeah, I do. It's from uh, Payday 2, Crime Wave Edition. It's from one of the DLCs, the Gage Russian Weapons Pack. And it's called Sneaky Beaky Like. And it's to finish any heist in stealth using only weapons from the Gage Russian Weapon Pack. It's a very easy achievement, and actually doing it is quite boring. But I appreciate the name, because uh, Sneaky Beaky Like is a reference to Counter-Strike Global Offensive where you can play as like a Scottish SAS guy, and I'm not going to try and do a Scottish accent. I was considering it, but I was like, no, it's a mistake, big mistake, huge mistake, um, career-ending <laughs> mistake. But um, he has he has a line in CSGO where he says like, uh, he like compares like going in basically loud or going in sneaky beaky like. And I don't know why he says beaky, like B-E-A-K-Y, but he does, and it became a meme, and they put stickers on it in Counter-Strike, and he still says it, and uh, it's a good line. It reminds me of that game, and I love that game, and I really like Payday 2 as well, so it's nice to have both games uh, well, reference each other. Well, Payday to reference Counter-Strike anyway. Yeah. Good achievement. That is a good achievement. I like that a lot. Mine comes from Shredder's Revenge, and the game has like specials that you can do you have to build it up you know get a certain like get combos and try to build this bar up that allows you to unleash a special and they allow you to taunt during this and i thought that this was such a brilliant trophy and achievement because everybody's going to taunt to try to get their special up but if you get hit while you're taunting the first time it says come on as the achievement and then it's just getting hit while performing a taunt. And like, I couldn't figure out how to cancel. So I was sitting there and I taunted and I'm like, please let me cancel. He's like, I'm trying to figure it out, pressing all the buttons I can. And then I know that I'm going to get hit and I'm like, damn it. And then it pops the trophy and I'm like, that's brilliant. Like that is really, that's yeah, hilarious. I love, uh, like unexpected rewards for playing badly in some way. Yeah. That's always really cool. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, I, oh yeah, carry on, carry on. No, no, no. No, go ahead. No, because I was going to talk about my achievement again. <laughs> so you, <laughs> no, I, I think that's all I was going to say is oh, just it's okay. it's just a adorable achievement, yeah. man. No, uh, yeah. So it's uh, the line in Counter Strike is, uh, "Are we rushing in or are we going sneaky beaky like?" And one of the also like the reasons I think it became a meme is because there's not really stealth gameplay in counter-strike i mean you can flank people and that's kind of stealthy and you can if you hold shift while you walk you walk silently so there is like very very minimal stealth but it's not like a stealth game it's just that like and against any team like that aren't like totally terrible like they will control the map in a way that you can't just like get behind enemies like you won't be able like people will be covering every angle and normally it's the terrorists who push rather than the counter-terrorists and the guy who says it is a counter-terrorist so it's also like the absurdity of the line is also uh reflected in like cts don't normally rush and also you can't really stealth because you are meant to just like protect a bomb site like you're playing on defense essentially so that's another reason why I think the line became so popular and, and famous. But yeah, uh, happy about that achievement. Your achievement or trophy is uh, amazing too. 
Yeah, dude, I freaking I freaking love trophies and achievements. <laughs> Do you have any final thoughts? Uh, no, not really. Just um, I'm excited to get back to Plague Tale. I'm going to be playing the Winters expansion as well, probably by the next time we record. So Same I'm excited here. for that because Resident Evil 8 was amazing. Yes, dude, we're eating so good. Games are coming out and uh, it's about to get really exciting. Like I, I just realized the other night, so I was watching, sometimes during dinner I just like put on YouTube or whatever and I was watching a playthrough of God of War and like I just got so excited. I'm, I just realized like I'm three weeks out from playing the sequel to a game that's my second favorite of all time. And so I'm like, holy shit, like, it's imminent. It's coming. It's like exciting as hell. Yeah, there's so, so much coming. It doesn't stop as well because in, even in December, there's stuff coming. Which Callisto is awesome. Protocol. Yeah. I'm excited. It's going to be so good. Oh, there's also like, yeah, with horror games as well. Like you got like Resident Evil 4 and uh, Dead Space as well. Like so much that they're coming next year, but it's like early next year, which is nice. Yeah, gaming's picking up for sure, and I'm excited about it. But uh, well, they'll yeah. all get delayed. But you know, <laughs> that's so true. That's why I'm so excited about the stuff that's like right now coming. Yeah, because like it there's... won't. Yeah, it's too late to delay it, and it's like yeah. gone gold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. I think that's it for our show, everybody. Thanks for listening. Peace out. See ya. Thank you so much for listening to Complete Edition. If you like the content, consider supporting us on patreon.com slash completion club. If you have any questions or would like to reach us, email completionclub at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Complete Edition.